I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 146 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz, some say. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution, like Revolution, but with my name at the start. Welcome to the Evanlution. Come along for the ride. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can also drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. There are many ways to get in touch, get involved. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. Guys, we are here. It is Christmas season. We are one week away from most people's fantasy playoffs. And to bring in the excitement levels even higher than normal, I have brought on an amazing first-time guest. So a very warm welcome for Jay Felicio at G-Min-J, content manager at Front Yard Fantasy and social video producer at Better Network and all-around good dude who I've been meaning to have on the show for a long time. So Jay Feliz Navidad. How are you, sir? <laughs> well played. You got my last name right as well. It's, that's a challenge. So you hit the nail on the head. So I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. I can't believe it's the first time. I feel like we've, we've, you know, interacted so much that I swore that we did something, but yeah, you're, you're correct. The first time I appreciate it. Um, like I told you before we started, I apologize for my mic quality. My, uh, my mic decided to die. So thank goodness it's close to Christmas. Hopefully Santa Claus brings me one. Uh, and I have a little bit better sound quality next year, next time that I'm on. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. Well, look, I mean, I am absolutely convinced that you are going to be on the nice list. Um, with it being so close to Christmas, I do have to ask a couple of Christmas related questions, if that's okay with your good self. Um, Without a doubt. I am a huge fan of Christmas. Are you a huge fan of Christmas, sir? I'm, I'm not a Christmas hater, but I'm not like a, a big Christmas fan. My wife and my kids are like, my wife will sing Christmas carols all year long. My children are the same way. She's passed it down to them. So, you know, I, I'm not one of those that like, Oh, Christmas is here, but I'm not like over the top, super excited. Like, like it sounds like yourself. Yeah. So you're like a Grinch basically is what we're saying. <laughs> right, basically right. a Grinch. So if, okay. So I got a little quiz for you here. You got to have to close your eyes. I'm going to pop up a sound clip here. Tell me if you can tell, tell me if you can just guess which movie is this from? Which Christmas movie? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Can you guess the iconic scream? It is one of my favorite Christmas films. And I mean, spoiler, if you were on Twitter, I did use a picture from this film to uh, to kind of hype up the episode. But do you recognize that scream, sir? That scream, I can recognize it anywhere. That's from Home Alone. Absolutely nailed it. 
Well played. Um, but yeah, how was week 13 for your fantasy football? Um, we'll get back to football here because again, I don't want to get sidetracked. I could talk about Christmas all day. <laughs> we'll not, we'll not, um, we'll not turn people off, you know, too much on this episode. We'll try, try to stay on the trails here. Um, but how was week 13 for you? I feel like it was a pretty crazy week in general. Yeah, it was, it was a mixed bag. Um, my two most important leagues to me are, of course, my home league. I want to beat my friends from high school and college. Uh, that's the one that by far you can see uh you're not if you're listening to this you can't see but evan you can see i've got the belt i'm the defending champion i'm trying to go back to back um i won pretty handily over there so i was happy about that um i was also lucky enough to be invited to the flex leagues with jake seeley uh this year and that's my other league that i consider the top echelon for me and it was not good i'm fighting for a playoff spot and i lost jimmy g Jalen waddle i was already down joe mixon and Kenneth Walker as well. So I'm uh, I'm going to need to pull a miracle. I need my team to uh, – If what, what's, what really upset me is I was – my guys were having a good week. Like I, I picked up um, Seattle's defense. They were playing pretty well. Um, Kenny Pickett, I had to start because, unfortunately, I drafted Russell Wilson, and he had a decent game. Uh, so the rest of my team was doing good. And if, if I would have just had a, a solid game, I'd pretty much be in now. But the injuries just just – absolutely killed me yeah no i mean sounds like you need a christmas miracle so so sorry i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop i'm not gonna keep bringing up christmas hey i've got some christmas <laughs> christmas decorations behind me if you uh i don't know if you recognize that one or not oh from, yes uh, the christmas, christmas story, story of course classic so see you're not as not as much of a hater as you make it out to be but yeah no it was right. a crazy week more and more injuries obviously jimmy gb now we'll touch touch on that in a minute here but before we move on to week 14 obviously first time guest we have to hit one of my favorite segments every week. An honorable hatchet man does not lie. A hatchet man. Right up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. Anyone can carry a hatchet, even a liar. The infamous hatchet man of the week. So this could be a player that you threw in your starting lineup and you were so excited and he just absolutely destroyed you. Or you thought, you know what? He needs a little bit of time on the bench. He needs to ride the pine here and just earn his place in the starting squad. And of course he blows up in your face. What do you have for us this week, Jay? Who is your hatchet man of the week? Hatchet man for the week is somebody that I put in my lineup that definitely disappointed me. Um, I thought I originally made the right call because I had I had been starting Devin Singletary. Um, he's been pretty solid, but tough matchup and James Cook coming on. So I benched him. Unfortunately, it was for Gus Edwards. Um, you know, Gus Edwards had been had played well every game that he's been active for. He had um had not had less than 10 carries in a single game and not less than 50 yards. So I thought, okay, you know, I just need some decent production and, and I'll be okay. Um, and he did not. He had 12 rushing yards on six carries. He was out-carried, out-targeted, and out-rushed by Kenyon Drake. So um, that that thankfully did not cost me a win, but it was definitely hard to see because I'm a big believer in Gus Bus. Yeah, it's... I mean, I have similar story here, so I'm going to actually throw out a two for one this week and it is the rookies. Um, I'm, I'm just, it's James Cook and, and Drake London. Like I love both these guys. I've been big believer in both these guys been hyping up, especially James Cook. I've been hyping him up on the off season. I was so excited. Buffalo Bills took him really frustrated at the start of the season. Why is he not getting used? I don't understand. He's starting to get a little bit more, a little bit more. He's looking efficient. Okay, he's looking good. Then, you know, okay, I believe this is the breakout week in, in week 12. Threw him in my lineup. What happens? He gets me like 
two rush attempts and 3.8 points. So I'm like, right, that's it. Back to the bench with you. Um, and of course, he comes out 50-50, pretty much just an even backfield with Singletary. Fifth, 14 for 64 um, and 6 for 6 in the passing game. Puts up 16.5 fantasy points in a PPR league on my bench. Thank you very much, James Cook. And Drake London. Like, Drake London, insult to injury. I've been trying my best to stay faithful to Drake London. You know, throwing him out there on weeks when I've got him, even when Kyle Pitts goes down, I've got him in a redraft league that I finally am just like, I've had it. I benched him. I even put him in my article, my flex article. I was like, guys, he hasn't had double digit fantasy points in like, I think it was like nine weeks. You just can't start this guy. And so, of course, he goes off, has a great game and really solid numbers on my bench. Thanks very much, Drake London and James Cook. Appreciate that. Nail in the coffin. I actually dropped James Cook this week in Scott Fishbowl because I needed to pick up some other players. And now with the bipocalypse upon us, I'm actually through to this next round and I'm going to have to go and try and pick him back up with like no fab. So I was going to say, do you have any money left lot, at all? Or are you, I think are you I might have the... like $1 left or something like okay. that. So we'll see how we go. We'll see if we can get him back. But going to hit some news and notes here, get Jay's insight and thoughts on some of these injuries, some of these movements, and some of the bye weeks. Spilling the tea. So as always, unfortunately, we have an awful lot of injuries to talk about. We've got some news and notes to talk about here. Like I kind of alluded to, full-on bipocalypse, which is not really helpful because for a lot of you, I know for myself in several of my leagues, it's the last week of the regular fantasy season, getting ready for those playoffs. And some of you, sometimes you're just on that border. You need a win this week. And we've got the Falcons, the Saints, the Packers, the Colts, and the commanders are all on by this week. So certainly going to be hurting. I know in Scott Fishbowl, I'm going to be hurting because I have been rolling out Andy Dalton, Chris Olave, Christian Watson for these last several weeks. So I'm going to be scrounging around, trying my best to find James Cook up back on the waiver wire. Lamar Jackson left with a knee injury. He is unlikely to play in week 14. The good news is that it sounds like it's not super serious. So we're hoping it's just some sort of sprain. He might be able to be back in a week or two, um, maybe in time for the fantasy playoffs, hopefully for you. The Panthers released Baker Mayfield, which is just I was thinking about this and I won't go off on too much of a rabbit trail here, but it is wild to think that the number one overall player literally within his rookie contract pretty much has gone from being the number one overall pick to just being let go and just out on the streets. It's, it's kind of crazy to me. It blows my mind. Um, but yeah, so he is gone from Carolina. They'd rather rule with Sam Donald apparently and PJ Walker, Kenny Walker, left the game with a jammed ankle apparently so not a rolled ankle or sprained ankle but a jammed ankle I've not heard of that one 2022 continues to amaze jimmy g sadly out for the season with a broken foot sam fran has the worst luck when it comes to injuries they've lost two starting quarterbacks um they're down to this mr irrelevant as it stands at the moment another one that's really serious and pretty interesting i'm not really sure where i stand on this one is matthew stafford so he's on ir pretty much 99% chance he shut down for the year. Apparently he has a spinal cord contusion. So that's pretty serious sounding. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to wade in too much on what I think the prognostication is on that, but it doesn't sound good. Um, Traylon Burks did leave with concussion protocol. So 
just have to see how he progresses this week, if he's going to be available or not. And Cortland Sutton left the game as well with a hamstring injury. So that's an awful lot of news and notes. Anything that jumped out to you? Anything you wanted to just like highlight there or any thoughts you wanted to you know, pull out there, Jay, maybe from a dynasty perspective on any of that? Um, I think he might have lost. It depends on what happens if he, if he plays. But, you know, Kenneth Walker was looking so good and he was scoring a lot of touchdowns, but he really wasn't that efficient. Um, and I was starting to lean into that narrative that, you know, if you can get, you know, a, a top tier RB one for him, I might make that move. And, you know, him with this jammed ankle might, you know, that you might've lost a little bit of that window. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, Jimmy G, you know, I would not be surprised to see him back with the San Francisco 49ers next year and just, they're going to basically do what they did this year, have Trey Lance, Jimmy G, <clears throat> and uh, Mr. Irrelevant as the third stringer. That's really, yeah, that's really interesting because I was sort of thinking, so this is fascinating to me, and I think it'll be something we'll obviously talk about loads in the offseason. For me, my initial takeaway was almost sort of the opposite I because I was sort of I was afraid that like the how well they were playing, how good the defense is. I was like, man, if they get to like the Super Bowl, even if they don't win, I could see them bringing Jimmy G back again and just being like, you know what? We're yeah. just going to keep rolling with Jimmy G. We, we know what we've got. It's safe. We can get there with him. Um, but to me, the fact that he's injured again, which obviously his injury history is what kind of led them down the path of going, going all in and trying to draft Trey Lance is because the frustration of him constantly getting injured. The fact that he's now injured again, left them kind of, it's not his fault, obviously completely not his fault, right. but he's left them stuck. Now they're, you know, literally um, leaning on a seventh round rookie quarterback to try and, you know, maintain their quarterback, their, their Super Bowl aspirations to me, it almost feels like, well, this definitely feels like it's going to be Trey Lance next season now because they just can't trust. They can't rely on Jimmy G um, just for injuries and things like that. I mean, yes, Trey Lance got injured this year, but it is the first time. This is the third time, isn't it? Like Jimmy G's been injured and had a season ending injury yeah, for them. Yeah, the ankle a while ago. And then what was the knee? Didn't he have his knee go out on the him? Knee, that's right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's. And I'm, I'm with you on the fact that Trey Lance will be the starter next year. I think he's unquite healthy, unquestioned. Trey Lance is the starter. I just, I think that this, to your point, his injury history might keep some other teams from uh, approaching him as their starter. So that's, I think we're thinking uh, down the same track. It's just, you know, diff we wound up at a different destination. That's all. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think if, if they had sort of, if Jimmy G had stayed healthy, but then they'd like had a first round exit in the playoffs or something, I think Jimmy G would be elsewhere as a starting quarterback next year. Right. Whereas now you could easily see them trying to, run it back next year with Trey Lance as the starter and Jimmy G as the backup. But it makes me think that, man, if you can still buy low on Trey Lance at the minute, it sounds like a really, I would certainly be, let I me mean, look at, look what happened with Justin Fields, you know, and that's, that's in a, a much poorer offense with a lot fewer weapons. So a healthy Trey Lance is mouthwatering the potential that you could see there. So we're let me look up this trade. I don't remember exactly, but oh. I have a league that I, um I was not doing very good, but I did have Carson Wentz at the beginning of the year. And the Trey Lance roster or manager needed somebody. So let me see if I can find it. So I traded basically Carson Wentz and Leonard Fournette for Trey Lance. Nice. And is I that was, a super flex? That is a super flex. That is so beautiful. Very, very happy with that deal. I love that. Yes. Um, see, I love Jay is so full of trades that he's jumping the gun. He's throwing out these trades left, right, and center. <laughs> just can't get enough of them. We're going to jump into our starts of the week, and then we're going to talk trades because I do love talking a good trade. Employee of the week. Employee of the week. If you guys are new here, which 
Welcome aboard. Um, we do have a couple segments with Employee of the Week. We've got Bossmart, we've got Studs R Us, and we've got the Let's Ride, Let's Hide matchup. So first up, Bossmart. I do say this every week. I'm going to say it again because I don't want anybody to misunderstand what we're talking about here. Because it's a dynasty show, Bossmart is basically saying, listen, this player is probably one of your studs, but based on the matchup or based on the situation, maybe the injury, health, whatever, we're saying just pump the brakes a little bit. We're not sure about the outlook, the outcome. We're not saying don't start this player because a lot of times it is kind of a stud player. So don't 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 hear what I'm not saying. Um, that being said, I'm really hoping people didn't do that last week because my pick for Bossmart last week was CMC, who ended up being the RB1. Thanks very much, Shanahan. Once again, making me look like an idiot. appreciate that. In my defense, it was because... Because of the knee irritation, and I was worried about the fact that you know they've obviously just lost Elijah Mitchell. I think a lot of uh, CMC's production, to be fair, did come from Brock Purdy coming in and just literally having right. dump off after dump off. I believe he had ten targets, which is amazing. Like you love to see that as the <laughs> CMC manager. Um, but yeah, so that is the kind of concept of Busmart is you know is somebody that maybe we're a little bit worried about. Who do you have for us this week? Who are you thinking? I'm a little concerned, even though they might be an absolute stud. So I'm going to go with uh, old man Tom Brady. You know, he has definitely had an up and down season, but he's played better as of late from a fantasy football perspective. Um, We saw, you know, recording this on Tuesday, last night on Monday Night Football, he did not look good. Yes, he led that game-winning drive just like Tom Brady tends to do, but, I mean, he was putting putting the ball on the ground. Um, He couldn't get the ball to... Uh, Mike Evans, like it was just, it was ugly. Um, and going this week, going up against the San Francisco 49ers, that was able to slow down the Miami Dolphins offense. Um, you know, they, obviously they've got Nick Bosa, who I think he's just going to go wild against this banged up Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, offensive line. And as we've seen time and time again, you know, when Tom Brady struggles is when you get pressure in his face. Um, I think San Francisco, especially with Jimmy G being hurt, I think they're going to play ball control. I think that they're going to try to keep the ball as long as possible. I think they had it. I don't have the number in front of me, but close to like 40 minutes or something along the lines this past game. Like it's basically they're playing keep away from the good offenses. And I think that's how they're going to beat Tampa Bay. Uh, San Francisco has given up the third fewest passing touchdowns on the season and they have the fourth most interceptions. So uh, I just don't think it's a good fo- spot for Tom Brady. One QB leagues, he's somebody I would like to avoid. Super flex, like you said, you know, you probably don't have another option if you have Tom Brady on your roster. He's most likely a starter, but I think you uh, you have to really pump the brakes for expectations for him this week. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I've actually gone with Leonard Fournette. So same team, same sort of philosophy. You know, San Francisco is the number one defense against running backs in fantasy in the last six weeks. They are literally shutting everyone down. Rashad White is eating into that workload. We're seeing that in the run game. We're also seeing it in the passing game, which I sort of thought maybe Leonard Fournette would still monopolize that side of it, and that's where he could make his hay. But, you know, Rashad White was getting those targets yesterday. He had the game-winning touchdown. So, you know, it's certainly that's another messy kind of situation that we're looking at. And on the season, San Francisco is only allowing 75.6 rushing yards per game which is like insane. <laughs> like they're only allowing 75 rushing yards against every team that they play. So that is absolutely insane. Um, you know, I, I just, I feel like again, injuries and all that kind of stuff, but man, it's going to be a scary start for Leonard Fournette this week. You know, I certainly don't expect a massive blow up game on 
to good and happy tidings of great joy. Studs are us. We're talking about a low-end flex consideration. Somebody that you're like him and hawing about, do I play them, do I not? Last week, I did mention uh, Zay Jones. So kind of both of them blew up in my face. I'm just going to do some revisionist history and say that I meant to put Zay Jones as my bus smart, and I meant to put CMC as my studs are us. Um, because last week, That's yeah, last week sure I expected Zay Jones to get the volume. I expected a big matchup against the Lions. The Lions lived up to it. They <laughs> absolutely hammered the Jags. To be fair, Trevor Lawrence getting beat up a little bit, having that knee scare and um, coming out of the game, coming back in didn't help. But Zay Jones definitely face planted. So apologies if anyone did start him on my advice there. But who do you have for us this week? Who's somebody that maybe you're like, you know what, maybe they had a bad week last week. You're expecting a bounce back. Somebody that you're trying to give a little bit of confidence to managers to throw in their lineups. Yeah. Um, and I think just to, before I jump into mine, I want to touch on what you just said. I think both your calls were correct. I think it's just a pro- one of those things, right process, wrong results. That's the luck factor of this game. You didn't, you couldn't have known that Trevor Lawrence was going to get hurt or Jimmy G was going to get hurt. So don't beat yourself up too much. I like both of those calls. I was with you last week. Um, but my pick for this week is Jeff Wilson Jr. He is coming off a disappointing game. I um, mean, but barely got any carries, but he, since he's arrived in Miami, I mean, he was with them less than a week, and he was given the close to bell cow treatment on this team. I'm um, going up against the Los Angeles Chargers, who are giving up the fifth most rushing yards and the fifth most rushing touchdowns. This total is the second highest on the week with 52 and a half. So I project a very high scoring game. Um, I am a big fan of Jeff Wilson in this offense. I know Raheem Mostert is back, but. I don't think if they were very happy with Raheem Mostert's production, they would have made that move for Jeff Wilson and, you know, given him so many touches so early. So I'm still in on Jeff Wilson. I think he's going to have a great finish to the season. And I think it starts this week. I like it. I like it. And yeah, I'm similar to some, so it's going to be a running back. Somebody's just coming back, you know, off the bye. It's Dante Foreman. Um, I think he's maybe been a little bit out of sight, out of mind. People aren't too hyped about him. I think he's only RB 42 at the minute on fantasy pros ranking. Uh, but they're going up against Seattle. Seattle's giving up the second most rushing yards, 155.2. And we've seen Dante Foreman be really successful in this running game. You know, in Carolina, since he's taken over that backfield once CMC was out of town, you know, Seattle's 12th in fantasy points allowed to the running back in the last six weeks. So it's a soft matchup. I wouldn't say it's an absolute smash matchup, but it's certainly a soft matchup. And it looks like Sam Darnold will be the quarterback again. So I imagine DJ Moore will be involved getting some targets, hopefully moving the ball a little bit through the air, meaning they can't just stack the box. So I think Dante Foreman could be a solid start this week. I'm probably throwing him into my flex spot. You know, if I've got him on my teams and I'm needing to hopefully get, a, you know, maybe a sneaky touchdown or two even, that would be absolutely delightful. We're going to hit the let's ride or let's hide matchups here. Now, again, if you're new, this is a new segment that we're doing this season. It is just sort of the idea behind it being that we talk about specific players. We talk about Jeff Wilson. We talk about Tonsa Foreman. We talk about these guys that we're highlighting or singling out. But if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I don't have Jeff Wilson or Dante Foreman, thanks very much. We're going to give you a couple of matchups here that we're saying, look, just get pieces in this matchup. So let's ride. Let's take it to the limit one more time, as the saying goes, or let's hide. Let's just avoid this like the plague. Please do not plug players from this game into your lineup unless you absolutely have to. Guess first, who's your let's hide like matchup? Who are you just trying to avoid? So you and I have already touched on this matchup, the Buccaneers versus the 49ers. I just think it's going to be an ugly, slow ball control type of game. You know, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense hasn't looked good. The San Francisco 49ers just lost their starting quarterback. You know, say what you want about Jimmy G, but he was able to at least keep this offense going. 
Um, an over under of 37.5. So that's just, that's ugly. Uh, both defenses have given up less than 10 rushing touchdowns on the season. And the 49ers are in the middle of the road for touchdowns scored, and that was with Jimmy G. And the Buccaneers have the fifth fewest touchdowns scored with 21. So I just think it's it's something for fantasy purposes. You know, obviously, like we talked about, you probably have to start your Tom Brady's. You know, you're going to start your CMC's. But the other guys, you know, if you have some other potential options you might want to look elsewhere. Yeah, no, I, yeah, hundred percent. I I've actually gone for the Ravens Steelers game and some of the similar sort of reasoning. So it's only a 37 and a half point over under. So pretty disgusting for lack of a better term. <laughs> uh, Lamar is probably out. We already touched on that. So I do think that that kind of downgrades a lot of the weapons, which to be fair, the Ravens have been really frustrating on offense anyways. I mean, outside of Mark Andrews and Lamar, you've been kind of – it's been Russian roulette, you know, trying to figure out who is the other player. Is it going to be Kenyon Drake? Is it going to be Gus Edwards? Is it going to be Isaiah Likely? Is it going to be, you know, Demarcus Robinson? Like everybody seems to have a week but no consistency. Um, and the defense on the Ravens is really coming together. It's really stepping up. The Ravens are 24th in points allowed to the running back. So – not a lot of not a lot of points given up to the running back in the last six weeks, which makes you kind of not feel great about starting Najee Harris, who has been beat up a little bit. He's played pretty well these last couple of weeks, but it's a pretty stout defense. And honestly, the only guys I'm probably excited about starting are Andrews and Fryermuth. Fryermuth's been getting loads of targets. He has a really great rapport with Kenny Pickett. I was actually really shocked. The other day I was doing a little bit of research, and in the last sort of six weeks or so, the the Steelers are one of the top for targeting the tight end. I think they're given like 30% target share to the tight ends or something like that. It's really high. Um, and I think it's going under the radar. I think Firemuth is a real buy in Dynasty because people just not paying attention. They're not excited about Firemuth for some reason. I don't really get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, on, on other than that, I'm willing to start George Pickens because he does always have that opportunity for a big play, make some incredible catches. And Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, you know, again, in Dynasty, you've probably invested so much in these players that you're not really willing to or able to, to set them. And come on, Deontay. Johnson, you have to get a touchdown at some point this season. Please, man, you're killing me here. But who's your let's ride? Like, who are you excited about? Like, who are you just like literally going off the street, grabbing pieces off the waiver wire to throw in your matchups? I think you got to look at like we were looking at the over unders, and the Vikings and the Lions have the highest over under of the week. Um, I believe it was 53 or something along those lines. Um, nice. It's, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. You know, two of the top. 10 offenses and scoring touchdowns. They've got the weapons, you know, to have this potentially turn into a shootout with Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Cook. Um, TJ Hawkinson has been playing pretty well since he came over. Um, you know, I don't think that Jameson Williams is going to be involved that much. You know, he's had him on special teams this week. But, you know, you never know. All he needs is one play and he can take it to the house. Um, but guys that, you know, kind of have been, you know, hit or miss, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, um, I feel like those are guys, if you're in desperate with this apocalypse, if you're desperate for a flex play, a wide receiver, you know, target this game because it could easily see one of those guys, uh, especially we know, you know, over his career, Adam Thielen has had a nose for the end zone. He's been a disappointment so far this season, but. I would not be surprised to see him get in the red zone this week. As a Vikings fan, I can attest to the fact that he has been a disappointment, but I can also attest to the fact that we are a very generous defense. We love, it is the season of giving. We give fantasy points like there is no tomorrow <laughs> to any opposing defense. And to be fair, I um, I have an ongoing bet with my buddy, call him Overtime Ireland, and 
we we did a preview show, an NFC North preview show in the offseason, and he made this what I thought at the time was such an audacious statement. He said that, you know, he said that uh, Jared Goff was going to outscore Kirk Cousins in fantasy this year. And I thought that is absolutely obscene. You have disrespected the great well, I don't even like Kirk Cousins, but the great Minnesota Vikings. And I mean, how dare you? So we made this wager and like, we looked at it the other day and we're just like, I think it's about half a point in it at the moment. So it's not good. I was going to say, really it's got to be close because I think point. I forget. So the wager is something along the lines of, I believe the winner gets to choose the loser's profile picture for like a week. And also like, I think I have to get him a mm. bottle of Tito's um, and he has to get me a bottle of whiskey. So whoever wins. So there is some, there is some bragging rights. Okay. There is some, uh, some, some, some skin in the game here. So I'm a bit nervous about this game. I'm hoping, hoping Kirk cousins can get his act together. He's been really disappointing for me this year. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that take. And it's, you know, even it was nice to see Deandre Swift get back involved finally last week. So now you've got Swift, you've got, you know, Jamal Williams, who's been awesome for a lot of the season. You've got Cook, you've got all these pieces you can throw in there. Absolutely agree. Uh, my let's ride is the Dolphins and the Chargers. I'm excited for what this game could be. It has a 52 and a half point over under. Chargers are sort of middle of the pack in the last sort of six weeks. They're 17th against fantasy running backs and they're second against fantasy wide receivers. So they are actually playing pretty well, but let's remember who these Dolphins wide receivers are. I don't think you're, they're playing well enough to stop them or slow them down. Dolphins are 25th in fantasy points allowed to the running back and second against wide receivers. So it's actually kind of a good on good matchup, but I love that. I love that. I love to see some really great players coming up against each other. I'm hoping for, you know, a big game from Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, you know, would love to see, Gerald Everett get involved. Austin Eckler's been amazing this year. Jalen Waddle, hopefully he's feeling a little bit better, gets a little bit healthier. But if Jalen Waddle and Tyreek out there, I mean, God bless any defense that's going to try and stop those guys. Jeff Wilson, we've already touched on is Jay's, you know, kind of flex start of the week. I mean, this could be a really fun, really exciting game. You're going to want to start Tua. You're going to want to start Herbert. Should be like one of those games you just really want to pay attention to and get pieces of in your lineup. Before we move on, I do want to talk. We're going to talk trades. We've got a couple of trades to kick around here, but I did want to get, I meant to get this at the top of the show. So G Min J, obviously you're a big giants fan. What's your thoughts? Like what's your overall vibe and feel on the Brian Dable era? I think it started out with a bang. It felt like it feels like it slowed the momentum a little bit. Obviously there's been injuries and you know, they don't have the, the best roster, shall we say, but what's your feeling? What's your vibe? Are you loving it? Hating it? Where are you? I'm honestly ecstatic. Um, I couldn't be happier. It's been a while since I've been excited about giants football. You know, we always seem to get the, the next big thing for the, you know, the coordinator, whoever that's going to come in and they fall flat on their face. Um, and I think we finally hit it out of the park with both uh, Joe Shane and um, Brian Dable. I think that this team Talent wise, we're basically the same that we were last year outside of our our draft picks. And we're playing so much better. This team believes in Brian Dable. Um, you could see it just from the way that they act on the sideline. I, some people don't like this. I'm the type that if I know the team isn't going to win the Super Bowl, I would rather miss the playoffs and get the best best possible pick. There's a chance we make the playoffs, and I'm, I'm happy about that. But also, I don't think this team has a realistic shot to win the Super Bowl. So I'd kind of rather get the better pick, um, but I'm excited for the future. I do. I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer at quarterback. He's played better, but we're just we're so far away. If we were a team that was ready to 
win the Super Bowl, you know, like the Giants teams that won in 2007 and 2012. Um, you know, the the defense led that. You know, Eli Manning played great, and he was a huge reason why we won those games. But, you know, we were led by our defense. And we're just not there yet. We just – we've got um, – We've got too many holes to fill. Offensive line is better, but we've got, I mean, Richie James is a starting wide receiver on our team right now. So um, we've got some some work to do, but the future is bright, and I'm excited as a Giants fan for the future for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, no, it definitely feels that way from an outsider's perspective. I, I feel like, wow, I'm really impressed with what Dable has been able to accomplish with such limited finances, with such a limited roster. Um, personally, I've always been a big Darius Slayton fan. I really like Darius Slayton, but I understand that like in the grand scheme of things, he's not one of the top, you know, 10 or 12 wide receivers in the league or anything like that. I really like Darius Slayton. It's really interesting that, you know, you sort of mentioned that because I was going to ask, what's your opinion on Daniel Jones? So you're not really a big <laughs> Vanilla Vic and guy. I'm, like you're not expecting him to stick around sort of long term. As you can see, I'm a Duke fan as well. So I should be like ecstatic, like my favorite college team, my favorite pro team. Yeah, I just I, I don't. I, I think he's definitely played a lot better. and I don't think his production these past couple of years has been his fault. I think it just been I mean, Jason Garrett was our offensive coordinator last year. Like what? Uh, Sar, like he's about as, I mean, you want to talk vanilla, that, that offense with him is just absolutely awful. So I'm, uh, I'm, I think that it's time to move on. I think for both, both parties, I think Daniel Jones could go to a team that needs a starting quarterback. Um, that is just, you know, just the starting quarterback away from potentially competing for a Super Bowl. Um, and I think that Dable and Shane want to, uh, start, you know, their legacy on this team with their own quarterback. You know, that was Dave Gettleman's guy. The interesting thing though is, right, I mean, just from like a theory perspective, you got to think, like you said, you're not just a quarterback away, so you have plenty of holes that you need to fill. So do you really think then if they let Daniel Jones go, where are they going to find their next quarterback? I mean, are they just going to take some guy like an Andy Dalton, for example, maybe, you know, and just ride him for a year and continue to build that way? Or what are your thoughts? Like, what would be your vibe if they don't try and bring Daniel Jones back on some sort of reasonable team-friendly contract or something, if they can figure that out? Yeah, I, I think you make a really great point. I think that um, that is a scenario where I could see him back. Um, I don't think that they would go the, you know, the old vet route um, because we're, you know, we're not at that point just yet. I think that if they were to move on from Daniel Jones, I think it would have to be that a rookie that they fell in love with um, that they think, cause this is a pretty he uh, heavy quarterback class. And I think that, you know, if they want to make their mark with their guy, that's the route they would go. Otherwise I definitely could see a scenario where Daniel Jones is back next year. Yeah. Cause that would be sort of, again, I'm not a, a Giants fan, so I maybe am missing out on pieces of the puzzle here, but my sort of looking at it here, I'm just looking at Tankathon at the moment, and I believe if the season ended today, you guys are picking like 23rd. Yeah, some, yeah, some so certainly not really in that realm of like getting one of the top options, and you don't have a lot of draft capital to trade up to get a top option, so therefore you're sort of left either taking another punt on somebody who's a, an, an, like a, a guy who's toolsy that you yeah. can kind of work with, but again, to a to our kind of conversation, you're sort of thinking there's a lot of holes to plug here. 
are they better served bringing Daniel Jones back if he's willing to do like a two year or three year yeah. kind of friendly deal and just start plugging some of those holes, keep working on the offensive line, try and bolster the defense a little bit. Cause some of those defensive pieces you have are really nice. Um, and you do have like the bones of like a really solid unit there, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you really need help on that offensive side. It'll definitely be an, I think it'll be a really interesting off season for the giants. It'll be really interesting to see some of the moves that they make, but I didn't want to turn this into a giants <laughs> podcast. I just wanted to get your take absolutely. and your thoughts as a giant faithful i always like to hear the insider kind of yeah. thoughts and takes but we're going to talk a couple of trades here before i let you go because i always like to talk trades i think it's one of the most important parts of fantasy football but certainly dynasty fantasy football let's make a deal sold your ways so we have a couple of trades to talk about here. I'm going to let guests go first. What is your so I know dealio? this is a so I know this is a dynasty podcast, but and this is a keeper league that I'm going to talk about, but it's got some dynasty elements, and I'll explain. Um, so my home league is a keeper auction league, and basically the way it works, you have a $250 budget in season. None of that matters. It's basically the draft. You draft a guy, you keep him at that price every year. It goes up. So first year you keep them, it goes up five dollars. If you keep them again, it goes up ten dollars. Goes up fifteen. So there's inflation every year to to account. You know we want to keep the draft fresh. And I am like I said, I'm going trying to go back to back. I've got a really solid team. Unfortunately, I've taken a bunch of hits um, injury at Cooper Cup, uh, and my the one that hurt me the most was Brees Hall because. I, I hitched my wagon to Brees Hall. I, I went with him as my RB1, and then I was just my plan was to just find an RB2. And I, I started the season okay with that. I picked up James Robinson, um, you know, Devin Singletary. So I, I, was, I was riding riding fine until all these injuries hit. Um, so when Khalil Herbert went down, I made a move. I traded James Robinson, and this was before the whole thing where, you know, he was inactive. This was like two or three weeks ago. So where he looked like he was going to be a part of the Jets offense. James Robinson and George Pickens for David Montgomery. Um, And I was desperate for, you know, somebody just that I knew was going to get touches for running back. Um, And what hurt about this is David Montgomery is not priced to keep. Um, He's going to get thrown back in after the season. I'm not going to keep him. George Pickens is basically a $5 keeper. So he's potentially somebody who, I mean, you can keep for five, six years. And, you know, because it's it's going to take a while before he gets, if he turns into what a lot of people think he's going to, um, he's going to be an absolute steal. And it just made sense for both teams. And that's why I wanted to talk about this deal. You know, sometimes you've got to make those moves that it hurts. You know, you've got to look what's going to make sense for both teams. You know, I'm not one of those that, oh, you know, I want to win every trade. I want to find a trade that's going to be mutually beneficial. Um, It made sense for me to give up a potential long-term stud with George Pickens because I'm fine at wide receiver. I've got um, Amon Ross St. Brown, A.J. AJ Dillon, um, A.J. Brown, and um, I was lucky enough to snag Christian Watson as well. So I've been able to plug in Christian Watson for – Cooper Cup, and it's it's helped lose. Obviously, he's not Cooper Cup, but the little run he's been on here lately has helped deal uh, fill that void. And the team that I traded with isn't in in the running for the championship, so he's got himself. He set up a nice keeper, and it wasn't like it was you know somebody just dumping off uh, players to try to help somebody else win a championship. It's he's looking to the future. I need a running back this year, and it's it's mutual mutually beneficial for us. 
uh, me short term and him long term. Yeah, no, I think that's what I love about. I'm glad that you brought that up because I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately. And um, I try and do a lot of trades and I do fairly successful in getting a lot of trades done, but I think I could do even better. And I think a lot of dynasty managers really are actually genuinely quite bad at trading, to be honest with you. Like I'm in a lot of leagues and, you know, sometimes I'm like by far the most active person in yeah. the league as far as like trading and stuff. And I think that's part of the reason. I think that, you know, what you brought up is so important and so crucial to think about. I think, especially maybe when you're newer to dynasty or you're just newer to like fantasy, maybe you're kind of always just wanting to win the trade and like you want to be able to screw someone over or something, you know, and like be able to put, you know, like tell your friends, oh, I got this guy for like a third, <laughs> you know, and like, right. but the truth is that just doesn't really work long term, you know, because once you, somebody's been burned by you, they're really not going to be excited to trade with you again. And once the league gets this idea in your, in their heads that you're just like this used car salesman who's looking to screw people over constantly, they're not going to want to deal with you. And the truth is you have to try and find ways to make things work for both parties. Now I'm a huge George Pickens guy. I love it. I wouldn't want to do that deal because I would want to keep George Pickens. But at the same time, like you said, this is actually, you know, I'll just bring up my trade now because it's sort of similar. I was in a position where I gave up somebody you know, that really hurt me to give up, but I was like, Based on so again, I, I think the other point that I love about it is context is always so important. You can spin almost any trade in such a way that makes you sound like an idiot or sound like a genius, <laughs> but you always have to give context to everything. So for me, you know, my trade this week was it's a 14 team super flex start two tight ends. I'm the champ last year. So similar position to yourself. So I went kind of all in last year. One, I've got a really strong squad and I'm trying to go for it again this year, but up until this point, my starting quarterbacks in a 14-team Superflex League was Russell Wilson and um, Ryan Tannehill. So, you know, we know how that's been going. Um, And I traded for Matthew Stafford and then Matthew Stafford is injured. Do you know what I mean? So I'm sort of struggling here and I'm looking at the playoffs and I'm thinking I need a difference maker. I also would love to get younger at quarterback. I've got two older guys that, you know, really aren't killing it at this moment in time. Uh, I've already traded away my 23 picks. Um, I'm, You know what I mean? It's one of those situations. So I actually got to a situation where I traded with one of the guys who was kind of almost a fringe playoff guy for a while, but he's kind of fallen out and he's just trying to start rebuilding things. So I gave away CD lamb and Russell Wilson, and I received Justin Fields, David bell and a 23 fourth. So the reason I'll um, break it down for you like this, it really took me like, honestly, I looked at the trade for like three days before I finally <laughs> accepted it. Cause it hurt so bad to give up CD lamb. But here's the thing. Again, I won last year. I'm, I'm a strong contender. I have other wide receivers. I've got um, DK Metcalf. I've got Stephon Diggs. I've got uh, Christian Watson. You know, I've got Amari Cooper. I've got some really good wide receivers in this team. CeeDee Lamb is a, is a really awesome wide receiver. He's great to have, especially in a team this big. But when you're talking about a team outside, 12 teams and bigger, Superflex, having an elite quarterback is such a bonus. It is such a game changer. And Justin Fields, if you look at his um, scoring, there's been a couple games this year where he's had 40, 45 points. And uh, even CeeDee Lamb's best game this year, he hasn't managed that. You know, his best game was like 30 points or something in this scoring setting. I believe it's like a half PPR league. So for me, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do the deal. It hurts to do, but at the same time, it makes my team better. It gives me a young stud up and coming quarterback that I can continue to like hopefully um, not only compete this year, but in the next few years continue to compete. So I think it's similar to sort of your trade in that it hurts, but I think that's why it's a good trade is because both of us got better. He's excited now because he's got um, a quarterback that's not really performing this year is going to help him continue to get a better draft pick this year. Probably he's also got a young stud wide receiver to help build around for the future, get him excited 
And ultimately for me, I can plug in Justin Fields, hopefully for this playoff run and see if he can make a difference for me. And so, yeah, again, I think I love it from both sides. I think it's a, like you said, it's a win-win. Both sides get stronger, both sides it makes sense for. And I think those are the kind of trades that you need to really be be trying to get. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm with you. I love your deal. I think it makes a ton of sense and it definitely hurts to give up a guy like CD Lamb. But man, that, that cheat code of having an elite quarterback in a 14 team super flex it's worth especially in half ppr and while i do think russell wilson you know i think he'll bounce back next year i think they'll they'll look a little better than they i mean they can't look any worse than they've looked this year um but you know he doesn't have that many years left you have potentially locked up your quarterback position for the next eight to ten years that alone is worth this deal. I think it, it makes a lot of sense for both teams. Love it. Love it. So we've got one last segment here to hit before I let Jay go. He's got another podcast to hit up. He is just a man of the people <laughs> out there giving the people what they need and what they want. But we're gonna we're gonna put him we're gonna grill him a little bit okay. here before he goes. Word of the week. So I know you are a very sophisticated man. Obviously, you're a Giants fan. That's a you know well-known, sophisticated culture. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're a good dude. So I'm going to throw a word of Northern Irish slang okay. at you. And I'm going to get you to see if you can think, what on earth am I talking about? What could this possibly mean? And then try and use that word in a sentence if okay. you can. Let's, you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the word of the week now it's actually going to be a phrase, so it's dead on. What do you think dead on means? What would we mean when we say dead on? So here, if uh, somebody says dead on, it means like you you hit, you know, you describe something perfectly. You, you know, through the ball, you you hit the target 100% right on. You know, hit the nail on the head is something similar that would you'd say here. Um, so how would you try and use it in a sentence? Like say, say, give me a, fa- give me an example, like a, say in a sentence, what you think dead on would mean. So like, <clears throat> for instance, you know, um, you got the, the answer to that riddle dead on. Nice. So yeah, I think it's, it's sort of similar. What we would tend to use that for over here is actually, so there's sort of a kind of a dual meaning. So dead on would mean like you could describe a person as that, meaning they're really down to earth, really good natured. Like uh-huh. that guy's really dead on. Like he's a really dead on dude. And it also can be a sarcastic remark, which we use a lot. And it means like, all right, okay, sure. You know, like, oh, dead on. Yeah, sure. Whatever you okay. say. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're giving me grief, you're like, oh, that was a stupid trade. I hate that. Like, oh, I dead on. Okay. Dead on me. Huh. You know what I mean? It's so it's, it's a weird know. one. Like I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? So I um, gotcha. thanks very much for taking the time i know you've got another podcast you've got more more excitement more um shenanigans to get up to but guys if you don't already and you are on twitter make sure and give jay a follow at gmin jay absolute great dude he again content creator at front yard fantasy does loads of amazing content and he's just a really good dude always up for a chat and always there to uh, bounce ideas off of or talk to um super approachable really really nice guy is there anything you wanted to plug or shout out or anything you wanted to like kind of um, talk about before we go here jay no you pretty much hit the nail on the head i'm uh, <clears throat> over at front yard fantasy we um you've been on actually i think you're going to be on the show next week if i'm correct um we like to blend fantasy football with having fun you know it's uh we know our football but we make you laugh while we're also giving you advice um we have a morning show on the better sports network monday through friday seven to ten where it's the morning show feel we also mix in some of that the the game show stuff uh we do a game show on tuesdays and thursdays best way you could support us go to our youtube channel front yard fantasy 
and give us a subscription over there. Love it. Definitely do that, guys. Good luck in your matchups. I hope you all get into the playoffs, unless, of course, you're playing me in some league, in which case I hope I beat you and I get in the playoffs. No offense. But be a friend. Tell a friend. Make sure and share the word. Let's get those subscriptions going. Let's make sure and leave ratings and reviews. Good luck this weekend, guys. We will speak to you again next week. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate. <laughs>